When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. The Telegraph, the Telegraph. Podcasts. Audio Football Club, in association with Tag Heuer, the official timekeeper of the Premier League. Hi there, podcast fans. I'm Tom Gibbs. Season's greetings from everyone here at the Telegraph Audio Football Club. Today is a special festive edition of the show as we look back on an eventful 2018 and dish out the first ever Telegraph AFC End of Year Awards. We should say that this show is pre-recorded, so if anything exciting has happened since last Monday, like, just to give a random example, Manchester United sacking their manager, well, we're just very sorry, Okay, We recorded this before that happened, apart from this bit, obviously. Sorry. What a year it's been! A fantastic World Cup, football almost came home, Harry Redknapp became a junglist, Arsene Wenger's reign at Arsenal came to an end after 200 years, and Cristiano Ronaldo moved to Italy and simultaneously made Real Madrid rubbish. Enough rounding up, let's take you now into the audio recording facility and joining me to declare the best and worst that football has offered up this year, it's Football News Writer of the Year, Matt Law. How are you, Matt? That's not true. You can't just give me I, that title. I'm awarding you that title. I'm awarding. Uh, I just think. Sorry to the real. Sorry to the year. real football news reporter of the year. Oh, according to who? Um, I've got a laptop in front of me. This is the first ever podcast I've done with a laptop in front Excellent. of me with preparation. Fantastic. We also have the 2018 International Champions Cup winner, Mina Rizuki. How are you, Mina? Oh, ICC! What a good tournament that was. Yeah, <laughs> good I'm memories. Sure, I'm sure it's in all of your answers. And we have the tactician of the year, JJ. Ball, what's happening, JJ? Uh, many tactics. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. good I have good. all of them saved on my computer. Good. Using lots of computers here. Yes. As we should. It's 2018. Right. Without further ado, let's start dishing out some imaginary trophies. Twelve categories to get through. If you disagree with anything our panel has put forward, then do voice your opinion by emailing us at afcpodcast@telegraph.co.uk. Number one. Team of the year, and by team, I'm not asking for a lineup one to eleven. I want to know the collective team that you think had the best 2018. Matt to start. Please. I feel like a lot of my answers people are going to disagree with because I've tried to go for the non-obvious. Well, what, what we should say is the idea behind this show is it's a sort of personal recollection of the year rather than some attempt at empirical truth because empirical truth is highly tedious. So uh, I want to get a sense of I'll the, deal with the empirical year. Truth, don't okay, worry. good, good, Nina. But I want to get a sense of the <laughs> and year. I will dispute it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
flat You will just say Pepper Manchester City for everything. Yeah, exactly. Team of the year. That's I'm very go, incorrect. I'm going to go for England. Oh, yes. England are my team Come of the year. Come on. I went is that three oh, lines I can hear? Fan. Yes, yeah. it is. Well, you, do you know what, though? I was such a non-fan. If you'd have asked me this this time last year, I'd have never seen England in a million years. I'd have laughed you out the room. But getting to a World Cup semi-final, changing perceptions, the victories over Spain and Croatia, just the verve, the energy, the positivity within that team. No, they haven't won anything. But I just think for changing a narrative... And for progression, I think they've shown the most progression of any team I can actually think of over the course of 2018. This time last year, I I wasn't feeling good about England. Even with Gareth Southgate as manager, you know, they hadn't changed the formation at that point. We hadn't really seen what was coming. And just since June, it's just been an absolutely brilliant, brilliant rise. And I've I've loved every minute of it. And they've got the country behind them again. Hard to disagree with it, but you're probably going to, Mina. I mean, that was a kind of easy route to the semi-final. Oh, man. <laughs> Who's your team of the year, Mina? <laughs> um, so when you wrote this question to us, yeah, you said, as in France or Juve, I feel like that's the way that you wanted us to be in. <laughs> uh, but I, don't, I didn't pick either France or Juve. Uh, I think Croatia should get a mention because I thought that they were the perennial underdogs that finally managed to do something Good special. Good for a month. Good for months. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> come on. You know what I think is about the, what's so brilliant about them is just before the year started, they had sacked their coach. They were like nearly going to be knocked out and not qualify for the World Cup. And then they brought in um, Dalic and everything just changed. You know, he put all the players in the right positions and they started to play really fantastic football. But my team of the year is actually Liverpool. I'm not a fan of them. Uh, Sadly, my boyfriend is. is. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, their fans like to hassle me a lot. But (laughs) you know what? They did have an incredible year because 2017 at the end of it, you know, despite the fact that they started the season really well, they were poor defensively. They managed to solve all their problems in that sense, find find some balance, reach the Champions League final. And even this year, they've started off really well and showed us different styles of football. The fact that they can be composed and not just play with high intensity, introduce new players and continue to win and even top the league table. So for me, Liverpool is the one that shattered um, my image of football, what I thought would happen. Solid answer. What have you got, JJ? Well... Man City should get some. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 just hang on. <laughs> so, Man City, uh, uh, Pep Guardiola has done there is astonishing and really I think we should enjoy it while it's there. He's got the record points total um, for last season. Obviously, that's not the whole year, but that's uh, that was good. And the way they play is amazing to watch. And I love watching it. Real Madrid should get a mention because they won the European, mm. or, or they won the Champions League for the third year in a row, and that's incredible. And uh, it'll probably maybe never be done again. And it's amazing. And that team is just one of the, a one of a kind. And again, won't see probably such a huge collection of individual stars very well. France should get a mention because they won the World Cup. But I, in uh, not joke fashion, I'm going to give it to a team called Fort William who play in the Highland League in Scotland because oh they are going to finish 2018 with minus four points. Wow. <laughs> I can tell you how they did it. Please is do. it fraud and they got well, they're just a, well, the Highland League is a, it's a non-professional. There is one professional team in that league, but it's just below the, the, the pyramid tier of Scottish football. 
below League 2 you've got uh, the Highland League and Fort William are currently bottom they never ever win uh, they fielded an ineligible player <laughs> a couple of times <laughs> which resulted in a, in a points deduction putting them at minus 7 for this season they managed 3 draws last well in the early part of 2018 but you know what the fans turn up every week and when they score I've been told it's like they've scored at the World Cup it's a celebrated every single time and I think that's just great fair enough you're wrong but fair enough <laughs> award number two <laughs> is the biggest mistake stroke most calamitous moment stroke cock up of the year Mina which is yours well, since I'm going to maintain the whole Liverpool thread, I thought with going with Carriers in mm. <laughs> the Champions League final, uh, the very fact that people, you know, said, had we had a better goalkeeper, even if you had a better goalkeeper, it's still Real Madrid, let's be honest, yeah. But having said that, they would have created more of a challenge, made things a lot more interesting, had Carriers perhaps uh, done the job. But, but he had a concussion, right? So, Yeah, it's fair enough. What do you think, Matt? I've gone for Julien Lopetegui. Oh. Uh, single-handedly sort Lopetegui, of... I have to do that, yes. sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get that man um, emailing and complaining, aren't I? Um, takes the Real Madrid job, uh, gets sacked by Spain two days before the World Cup, manages to kind of ruin Spain's World Cup, and uh, then sacked by Real Madrid four months later something like that it's a pretty good he's not only kind of cocked his own career up he's cocked Spain's World Cup up and he's kind of cocked Real Madrid's season up so it's three cock-ups yeah, yeah. but isn't it their fault for a sacking him a hat-trick of cock-ups yeah yeah their fault for sacking him he shouldn't have been sacked so no. what he agreed a new contract with the club I mean Van Hal was supposed to be he should have been sacked really yeah no, he should I have been sacked so. yeah he, he's a treble cock-up for me but what's more important, like, you know, having your pride of being like, this is, un, un, you know, this is just not what we expect from our team coach or just letting them have a good World Cup and dealing with the matter afterwards. But he should have taken it afterwards. He shouldn't have, like, messed up their whole World it's Cup. Sloppy he's a small-time guy at the time and he was... Well, he is Real now. Madrid. He's a small-time guy yeah. now. But imagine being offered he's messed up his whole Madrid. career. I mean, you're going to be like, actually, no, wait, hold on. I'm going to be really professional about this. Maybe you can get a job at Fort William. JJ, can you beat three <laughs> cock-ups in one? Uh, no, I have to agree with uh, Mina. I think Loris Carius was uh, the biggest mistake because it's the one thing that I, as soon as I read this question, it's the first thing I thought. Mm. I can't think of anything to find that whole season of Liverpool really um, amazing that they got to the, the final as it was. That was pretty huge. Uh, and I don't think there's a singular moment that I think changed the football narrative all season than that. Man City cocking up at home to Man United was quite good and not winning the title against Man United. Buffon getting sent off. A little cock up. Yes, yes. But clear consensus there for number two. Very well done, Loris Carius. Your imaginary trophy is in the imaginary post. Award number three, best game of 2018. What was yours, Matt? Um, Well, I've got kind of two answers. Okay, just go with one that I agree with. The answer that is definitely from a fan perspective is Aston Villa 5, Nottingham Forest 5 where both teams led at various occasions. I, we, we spoke about this and you said that just annoyed you, that result. Well, it, it did yes, annoy it's me. it's a game of board defences. No, the, the reason it annoyed me was I actually wasn't even there. I was at Tottenham versus Inter Milan trying to take my job seriously and my dad just kept texting me goal updates every two minutes. I couldn't even concentrate on the game I was meant to be covering. God knows what my first edition match report was like for that Inter Milan game. I was probably talking about Jonathan Codger rather than uh, Mario Cardi. But I'm not going to go for that because I recognise that that is probably 
a game of the year for an Aston Villa fan and not necessarily for everybody else. Uh, the one that I just found astonishing to watch was Liverpool 3, Man City 0 in the Champions League when Liverpool just raced out the blocks, absolutely battered them, had the game won in sort of half an hour and took apart this team who we all thought it was impossible to take apart. And that was just kind of a bit of a wow. It was enthralling, wow wasn't it? You moment. sort of yeah. felt this momentum going with it all. It's just the way momentum, through. and it's just like you couldn't quite believe what you were watching. Yeah. Um, I put lots of money on that felt, I knew it would happen. <laughs> really? It felt kind of, ma- I mean, Anfield nights on those kind of nights, it, it felt even just watching it on the telly like a kind of magical night. It, it, it was brilliant. Do you agree, JJ? Uh, well, that's one of the ones I had as a backup in case someone did that, the one I was going to do. But I think the one that really quite perfectly summed up 2018 was Spain 3, Portugal yes, 3. Yes, that was my answer if I was participating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was... Um, the weird thing is that the games I remember most in the World Cup, and I did a lot of live vlogs during the World Cup, the ones I remember the most are the ones I wasn't working. I was watching them somewhere else. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why, because they, they were different. But I watched this in the bar in Victoria with um, other Telegraph journalists, and I... Uh, I remember everything about it so well. It was it was huge. The whole the whole bar, and it's a busy bar. When Ronaldo took that free kick, he could feel. He just knew it was going to go in. He knew he was going to find the top corner to make it three three. But he also had the VAR goal where Pepe was pretending to be injured, rolling down around with his hands over his face, even though he'd been nowhere near his face. So that was good. So Pepe got done for that. Uh, Diego Costa was good in it, and he also had a goal line technology coming in to decide one of the goals. Well, none. It set the tone for the World Cup, didn't yeah, it? It really it set brilliant. it up. It was like this is a this is going to be a good one. That was it, and it just launched it. And it, the World Cup was amazing. Yeah, that's my favourite. Nina Rizuki, game of the year. Please don't say it's a nil nil. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean. I think that was a really good game in the World Cup, and you know, especially in terms of technique. But for me, actually, the game of the World Cup was uh, Belgium Japan. Yes. I was. Yeah, uh, that was good. I it was, was on. A good one. Yeah. yeah, I was on holiday at the time in in Mykonos in Greece, and. Everyone thought I was Japanese for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because I really wanted them to win this match. And obviously they raced to a two, you know, they got 2-0. Uh, they went 2-0 up inside four minutes. And it was just massive joy because it was like, you know, sometimes in these holiday destinations, everyone just, you know, supports the underdogs at every opportunity, right? So it's like, no way is this going to happen against the great Belgium. And then, you know, Belgium equalized. They get there too. Um, and it's 2-2 and you're thinking, oh my God, this is so crazy. And then Nasser Chadley comes up with that last minute goal and oh, everyone's heart broke. But at the same time, it was so good that you're like, Belgium deserved this. And oh, it was the best game ever. Japan also the winners of uh, bonus award A, which is best kit of the World Cup. Oh. Proud, proud to say that I own that shirt. Nicest fans who cleaned up as well. Of course. I yeah. don't understand Great people bunch. who buy other countries' shirts. Well... And particularly when they're grown men, it just, it just, I get it when they're kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to accept the grown men criticism. It's definitely quite an unusual thing for a 34 year old wanting to own. But it just depends how you feel about borders, really, doesn't it, Matt? I think borders are <laughs> fundamentally ridiculous, and we should just get behind whoever we want. Do so. you own a QPR home shirt? Yeah, I get a new one every season. Do and, you? And yeah. this is going to enrage That you. is weird. I get a name and number printed on the back every year. A name of a player yep. or Gibbs? A name. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done the Gibbs. No, a name of a player. My, my player, I got this. Year has just started his first game of the season. Go on, Darnell Furlong, right back. Really like him. Uh, it's just relation fun. of Paul. It's Paul's son. Brilliant. QPR legend. Oh, so you don't pick the big guy? You no, pick. no. I like to go for someone, someone obscure. Nice. It's great. It's fun. It's loads of fun. I'll stop doing it when I'm fifty. <laughs> Award number four of twelve is Young Player of the Year. We have set a age limit for this. It's under twenty-one on the thirty-first of December, twenty eighteen. Is it twenty-one and under? Uh, under twenty-one. 
I'll less... be amazed if we haven't all got the same answer. Yeah, we've okay. all got Kylian Mbappe. Shortly. I've got a backup. Yeah, uh, Mbappe for me. Mbappe, JJ. Mbappe is yeah one of the best yeah. players. Swept in the, world. the board. Hats yeah. off to Kylian. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've got, got backups. Oh, I'd love to do your backups. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, my backup is Ashraf Hakimi who is a fullback for Borussia Dortmund. Now, he played on the... What side is this? That's your right, right side. Right, sorry. I don't know why I... <laughs> what has I, just I, happened? <laughs> sorry. I'm under pressure. What I don't about, know my right do from my left. you hand thing, you know, <laughs> so you hold out, point. You just hold out your left hand and it forms an L. I know, but that takes too long. I need to think quickly. To be clear, because you, you, you can't see this, but Mina just shook her right hand and like, pointed the mat and went, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so he's a fullback. I like it. Um, he used to play for Real Madrid. Uh, obviously, came in for whenever Carvajal was injured at the time, and he was very good. But then decided that he wanted to get more playing time because it's Real Madrid, and Carvajal is not usually injured that much, but he is this season. And went to Borussia Dortmund. Is being trained by Lucien Favre. Now plays on the left. Uh, I knew that one. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, the opposite Joke's side. On you. <laughs> yeah, opposite side. And he's just been like the best fullback in the Bundesliga. He always gets involved up and down. So smart, so intelligent. Played every single minute for Morocco in the World Cup as well, by the way. And by the way, I thought Morocco should really qualify that their group. They did such a good job in, in that World Cup. Um, and he's just helped create goals. He's His key passes are fantastic to watch. And he's just an all-round youngster. He's only 19 years old. He's... He's quick, he's talented dribbler, and he's really good on the one-on-ones. Great answer. Yeah. Yeah. Award number five. Well, can I just quickly put a little young player in there? Because mm. uh, you'll no. hear, you hear a lot about him. Go on, uh, go on. Uh, Matisse de Ligt at Ajax is the next big centre, well, literally quite big. He's, he's captain at Ajax when he was 17. He is phenomenal. And there's another guy at Ajax called Frankie de Jong, who's mm. been in the papers linked with PSG, but I'd imagine they'll both go to Barcelona. They are the next superstars of a... Didn't de Ligt just win the award today? So he, he won, won an Golden award Boy, yeah. Yeah, won Golden he Boy, yeah. Golden Boy, yeah. He is fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful centre-back. It's, it's a silly name for an award. Here's a proper award. Number five, old player of the year. You never get this, do you? A lot of young player, it's, it's, it's assumed that's going to be a thing at the World Cup and tournaments. You never get the old player. We're defining this as over 32 on 31st of December 2018. JJ, who's your old player of the year? I expect only Serie A players. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, actually, I'm going to give that to Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, we're going with on-field things, obviously, and I think uh, Ronaldo has continued to just be ridiculous uh, with what he can do on the pitch. The stuff he did in the Champions League to help them win that trophy was phenomenal. He was great for Portugal, I mean, more limited than he has ever been but he continues to be a freak of nature mm. when it comes to being a professional athlete. I don't, I've never seen anyone quite as committed to it as he seems to be. Mina? Well, he goes for my player of the year, so I've saved oh, Ronaldo. OK, spoiler alert. Um, but I've decided to go for Mario Mandzukic. Mm-hmm. So he's the striker for Croatia he growing up obviously he had some issues uh, there was times in Atletico Madrid that they said they just couldn't work with him his attitude wasn't always on point he was always been a hard worker though he arrived at Juventus he's just led the line fantastically last season he was happy to either be a left back if need be or a winger that constantly worked hard he was positioned all over the pitch and always always gave his best uh, very much beloved at his club and now he's back to being a striker has created a wonderful partnership with Ronaldo and has had his best start to the season. He is 
I think he's 32. And obviously he loves I hope he's 32. He's definitely over 32, (laughs) but I don't know by how much. Um, And obviously he was amazing for Croatia. They were so upset when he decided to retire because he wants to give youngsters a chance and because it's just all a bit too much on his body now. But wonderful for Croatia. Scored the goals, a man for the big games. I love him. Matt Law. Well, Luka Modric... 32 when the Ballon d'Or so I think he should get a little mention yes. but he's not mm-hmm. my oldest my old player of the year that goes to James Milner oh who I was going to mention him I also think and I've been thinking this for a little while and I don't think I've mentioned it on here I think he might be the best free transfer in Premier League history wow he's just been so good for Liverpool he's got such a great career behind him as well and the fact that he can play at right back he can play at midfield he's always like a seven out, he's a nailed on sort of seven out of ten player. He might occasionally have an eight or nine out of ten game, but he will so rarely drop below that seven level. He must be such a great guy to have in a squad. And within this fantastic kind of 2018 that Liverpool have had that Mina described, I just think he, he has been absolutely brilliant. And you forget how long he's been around, you forget the clubs he's been at. I forgot I had to check whether or not he was 32. It wouldn't have been surprised me if he was kind of 30. I, I just think he's been excellent. And I, you can't really see him slowing down anytime soon. Sol Campbell, best free transfer ever? Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Wait, ever? In the, in the Premier League. the best ever. In the Premier League. In Premier League. <laughs> okay. I did say Premier League. We're being very parochial. It's Christmas. Let it go. Awards number six is best goal of the year. Mina Rizuki, please nominate yours. Uh, I've got two. I couldn't decide. Okay. There's Gareth Bale in the Champions League final against Liverpool because while technically I think perhaps Ronaldo's is that bit better, um, the fact that it came in the final just makes Bale's that much better for me. Uh, a close second or on par is Benjamin Pavard's goal, Pavard's goal rather, for France against Argentina in the World Cup, which was just fantastic because he's not the person that you would imagine to deliver it. The thing I loved about that is it's a goal you haven't really seen before. It, there was just something unusual about the way he cut across it, how it came to him, taking a shot on the shot from behind the goal of it was just beautiful very exciting yeah and you just wouldn't imagine that he would have had a place to start every single match for France at the time is it every single match he started I think he did and just he sort of came out of nowhere and obviously you know a lot of people who are French know him very well Or, but it, at the time it was like can't imagine this player to be the guy that resolves this situation against Argentina and then that goal comes and you're like wow the technique on that what have you got for best goal Matt? well this wins this is the winner John McGinn Aston Villa versus Sheffield Wednesday yep. this season very much so have you seen it? <laughs> no of course not <laughs> uh, it's I've got a computer. it actually is the best goal of oh, the really? year by a million miles left foot volley it's so hard to describe just why it's so good but it's left foot volley that curls kind of outside the goalpost and, and back into the top corner the technique on it is just unbelievable it was the first game I've ever taken my daughter to an Aston Villa game to she at the time she just turned four and I mean unfortunately for her we lost but she could now go to Villa for the next 30 years and she won't see a better goal than that it's unbelievable you have to share that to me after I'm going to I'm going to actually you can kind of watch it while other people are talking on, on this very podcast and then maybe we can come back to the fact that you now agree with me that it's the best goal <laughs> It's <laughs> highly unorthodox. JJ, while Matt attempts to use a computer for the first time, uh, what is your best goal of the year? Uh, well, I mean, Gareth Bale's in the Champions League final is... I remember it's one of those moments when um, 
when you're watching it where you instantly stand up not knowing what you're doing while I'm at work going because <laughs> I love when those things happen I agree that um, Ronaldo's is probably technically the better uh, overhead kick but it's funnier that then Bale did it in the Champions League to overwrite Ronaldo's is that um, and then the hipster answer would probably be that Ilke Gundogan goal the other day against Man United from Manchester City because it's very hard to build a team that takes time, talent and effort to be able to construct a, a manner of scoring a goal where you pass about 800 times before you put it in the back of the net. Very well said. Mina, you've seen the drum again goal now. <sighs> Have you got a new answer? I still think Gareth Bale tops it, but... But... Just it this was, was a final. bigger occasion as well. This is fantastic, <laughs> I have to say. There, there was go. actually a really great one by Fabio Quarella for Sampdoria, but I don't remember the team that he scored it against. That was also a beautiful goal. That's half time. Audio Football Club, in association with Tag Heuer, the official timekeeper of the Premier League. Our timepieces are designed for those who love challenges. Don't crack under pressure is much more than just a claim. It's a state of mind. Let's move on to question seven. It's the manager of the year. My favourite question. Yes, of course it is, Mina. Matt, though, I'll come to you first. Who is your manager of 2018? I've got two. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm struggling to... I think I can separate them. I think I'm going to go Neil Warnock. Yes, please. Neil Warnock, just so that... Has JJ, like, left the room yet or fallen (laughs) over and in disgust? But, I mean, getting Cardiff up... The, the, the way I judge this is you could have put Pep Guardiola or Jose Mourinho, not Jose Mourinho, terrible example, <laughs> Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, anyone in charge of that Cardiff team in the second half of the championship at the start of this year, and they wouldn't have done a better job at getting them up than Neil Warnock. He literally did the best job you could possibly, possibly do with that group of players to get them up. And now, as we sit here doing this podcast, they are very, very realistically in with a chance of staying up as well. Um, which would even surpass that achievement. So I just think Neil Warnock has done, whether you like his football, like him, I love him, I just think he's done a brilliant job. And the other person I wanted to mention who I think runs him close is David Wagner for keeping Huddersfield up. I mean, I, I was there the, the night where they, they stayed up against Chelsea and just witnessing the celebrations and what it meant to the people who were working at Huddersfield, you got a feeling of what an incredible achievement that was. There are probably, you can make case much better cases for people who have won things and, and done things, but I just think those two guys deserve such a big mention this year. Absolutely with your Warnock, genuinely love the man. JJ, are you about to say Pep Guardiola? <laughs> of course he was. I don't know, I think this is hard because, uh, well, for many reasons. I think what Pep's done at Man City is astonishing and uh, it's amazing that he's managed to to do that and I like that in the Premier League is sort of well, pe- people who maybe have dismissed him as being eh, now see that he, <laughs> he can do all these things that he's done in other leagues in the Premier League I should hope so with 300 million not full bags <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. JJ I, mean, I, I can to. go through 100 <laughs> managers who spent a billion pounds not, obviously not literally but then they can't they don't produce football that looks like that they're, they're winning stuff but they're doing it in a beautiful yes, way the Deschamps won the World Cup but that's mostly players surely it's kind of difficult I think Zinedine Zidane for basically dropping the mic after winning the third Champions League in a row because that I don't think any other manager including Guardiola or Klopp anyone could have won that Champions League the way Zidane does because it's not even he did anything particularly clever tactically he just has this uh, he's you know you're in awe of him and the players are as well he has this presence and uh, him being there and making those players play for him the way they did 
meant that they were able to achieve that astonishing thing and he walks there's got to be a good argument for Zidane just never managing again Definitely. that would be so cool because you remember him like Saki or something you remember him, you'll yeah. remember him for that era that he did mm. that three things in a row otherwise if you start going to other teams and you, you lose a wee bit of that but, you know Steve Clark at Killy <laughs> get out Mina I am a football snob so sadly I don't have a hipster choice and it seems like JJ and I agree on many things except for Pep um, I would say that what he's done with City deserves to be mentioned because they do play astonishingly good football but that loss to Liverpool I just can't pick him for that uh, Didier Deschamps Yes, okay, fine. He won the World Cup, but France should have been, play- been playing better with that kind of squad that he has. Players didn't like him much, did they? I just, no, I just don't think that they played to their... They could be 10 times better. Um, I just think they were very balanced and they were good defensively and, and did enough attacking-wise, attacking but just not what I expected. I think Allegri, for everything he does with Juventus, continues to be astonishing, including a 3-1 victory against... Uh, uh, Real Madrid and the Bernabeu which sadly that penalty should never have stood but anyway uh, Jurgen Klopp but again no trophies I have to agree with JJ it's all Zinedine Zidane the fact took you long enough to get there (laughs) I said to you this is my favourite question give me my moment (laughs) now Zinedine Zidane what I wanted to say is that the team was clearly falling apart in the league they couldn't win a game at that time it was chaos he kept saying that his players only had a taste for champagne football and my God, do they have a taste for champagne football. The fact that he did that, I just think that he really should retire. Yes, some more consensus. This is question... No, it's not. This is award number eight. The biggest disappointment or underachiever of 2018, JJ Ball. I'm not saying you are that, that person. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Well, I mean, the obvious answer to biggest disappointment is Alton Towers. But uh, I will say, um, I think... Really disappointed how Man United have just done nothing but stay the same or go backwards. I don't. Th- I think I don't like that Mourinho's lost his um, magic. I don't like that he's lost that charisma that he once had, and it he can no longer be the evil one versus the good. You know, in that that narrative you create, because he seems to have lost a little bit of that something that made him so special in the first place. Um, and although having grown up with everyone supporting the you know, the glory hunting teams like Man United when I was growing up. It's quite, and it is quite funny seeing them struggle, having watched, having to put up with everyone. You know, I support Man United, and they're winning all the time. I would like it if they weren't quite so depressingly bad. If it, they're they're so medium. I'd like it if they were catastrophically poor or back to being half decent again. I've always found Chelsea quite a fun team to be bad because I mean I, I'm QPR <laughs> fan obviously, but I'm not yeah. from West London, so I don't really hate them as much as I should do. But it seems like they like they just get a bit chaotic when they've been bad. Chelsea, oh, when and the they players get start bad, revolting, yeah. and it becomes quite interesting to <laughs> it's watch. Like France. Yeah, just like, they have full on meltdown. Yeah, it's way more fun. Way it, more. Is fun this like France usually yeah. in World mm, Cups? Yeah. Mm. What about you, Matt? Biggest disappointment or underachiever of the year? Well, this time last year, he was dominating every single back page. We were going into... A ma- well, we'd had a massive saga since the summer. Dominating every back page, it was going to be the biggest transfer ever. Alexis Sanchez was going to go to Manchester City. He ends up going to Manchester United. It should have been brilliant, shouldn't it? I mean, they're paying him kind of 500 grand a week. It looked like a signing they'd pull the rug rug under the feet of City. It looked like a signing that we're going to take United in a slightly different direction, make them more exciting. And he has just stunk the place out. He was good in that first game against Yeovil. (laughs) He's just been so unbelievably bad. He's been so bad that in recent weeks, I've actually forgotten he's injured and that he's not around and just forgotten that he's almost kind of at United because he's done nothing for them he's sulked again he's miserable again he's 
you don't know necessarily where he wants to play, whether it's out wide or through the middle. You don't particularly see where his career's heading at the moment. He's just been, for this this player who this time last year we were just thinking was going to be such a huge signing for someone. He's just been so bad. So he wins it for me. Good, good award giving, Matt. Nina. I blame Mourinho for that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I would like to tell you it's Italy not qualifying for the World Cup, but then that, that happened in 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. So it's going to be Germany mm, uh, yeah. for their performances in the World Cup, which were quite fun for me to watch. <laughs> Talk about indulging in Schadenfreude. But... Um, You know, it's the fact that they lost to Mexico, that they couldn't really muster good performances, the choices that were being made, the the fact that Joachim Love continues to rely on uh, the veterans rather than, I don't know, maybe give youth a chance. But it's not just that. It's also their behavior off the pitch. I think the fact that I don't think that Mesut Ozil was treated very well and how they have tried to deal with that situation thereafter was also quite shocking. Um, And I... I also think Bayern directors, especially Uli Hoeneß, uh, is nothing short of a disaster in his comments in, in recent weeks or about Mesut Ozil in the summer. He said he last won a tackle before the 2014 World Cup and now hides himself in his beep performance behind this photo. And then he just took a pot shot at Juan Bernat and blamed him for the fact that they exited the Champions League final. This is terrible behaviour. You expect more from a football federation and, and from, a, a, you know, Bayern president than what's been done. So Germany, Bayern directors, the whole thing. Three very good answers there. This is arguably the big one. Award number nine, player of the year. Matt, who's yours? I'm going to, I kind of go in against my own rules here because I always think with a player of the year or player of the season, they should really have kind of won something. Um, and I tend to operate in that rule when I vote in the FWA and all, all that business. So I'm being a hypocrite here because I'm going to go for Mohamed Salah. I just I just find him so enjoyable to watch. I think it is probably because he's part of that Liverpool team, but I think he was unbelievable last season, which obviously brings in the second half of of this year. And I know he started slower and there's all this, oh, was he a one-season wonder? And that's actually kind of, partly why I'm picking him because I actually think he's proved that he wasn't a one-season wonder. He's picked up again. He's kind of fought back from a, a little sticky spell and I just think he's brilliant. He, he he didn't have a great World Cup. That counts for him, but I'm counts against him. But I've tried hard with this not to just go on the World Cup because I think, especially as I went to the World Cup, I was tempted almost to make every answer based on the World Cup. So I'm going to forgive him his, his slightly disappointing World Cup. Best um, World Cup you've covered? Oh, yeah, easily, mm. easily by a million miles. Um, but I'm going to give him the pass on that and the fact that he probably went into it slightly injured. And I just have loved watching him this year. I do think he is the closest player just in style to watch as Messi. I do see similarities with Messi. Mina's going to go absolutely mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love him. I, I, I think he's great. So, Mohamed Salah, well done. Mina, you look like your head's gone. Who have you got well, for Well, I just answer? feel like your conversion rate needs to be a bit better than 14%. Okay. I wasn't comparing, but I just think style-wise, in terms of how he scores his goals, in terms of how he he's not a classic striker, and yet he scores that many goals... I enjoy watching oh, him in a similar way to I enjoy watching Messi. So Ronaldinho. Okay. Um, Ronaldinho's not playing anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. Um, 
obviously just because I think that he yanked Real Madrid to the Champions League final. He was their best player alongside Sergio Ramos, perhaps for dark reasons, the other one, but very much the best player, continues to prove themselves, changed leagues and continues to be <laughs> astonishing to watch in all honesty. Uh, fantastic in that game against Spain. Um, but a close second for me is N'Golo Kante. Um, I think that he, while Chelsea were disappointing, he is, and people were just astonished by Kylian Mbappe and, you know, Raphael Varane as well for France. He made the difference. He's the guy that does all the dirty work in order to unleash all the talents ahead of him. And he's the good guy in football, the guy who wants you to do well, the guy who just does his job and doesn't complain and, and plays fantastically. He's just the most reliable player, honestly, in football. And he deserves an award. Very mean a nomination there. JJ, who's yours? You know who I've picked up. <laughs> is it Pep Guardiola? No. <laughs> Although back in the day it might have been. No, Do you think um, there's a poster of him in your wall? <laughs> no, but I used to sign him in chat manager back in the day. However, uh, I know that he didn't have the best World Cup, but I think that's because it was the team he was in and they were an awful mess. They would have been my other big disappointment, the way they were managed and the way it didn't work out for him. But Lionel Messi is the greatest player I have ever seen. I th- he's a one-off. There will never be anyone like him ever again. He won the Golden Shoe, which is good. He won the, scored the most goals he, uh, last season, uh, last year, sorry, this year. Yeah, he got the Golden Shoe of 2018, I'm sure. I just read that. Sure, I mean, if you think well, you read that, that's fine. Well, I, I, I don't know either way. Leave it in there, and if it's not, uh, not true after fact check, we can delete that bit. But he won La Liga <laughs> and Copa del Rey, so he's won two trophies, right? In a, in a Barcelona team that isn't amazing, but he's still carrying them. Uh, this season alone, he's got the most goals, the most assists, most key passes per 90, the most free kicks, the most dribbles, second most shots per game. But when you watch him, there's something different about him to every other player that... It makes whenever you're in a stadium when Messi's playing, whenever he gets the ball or is near it, you feel the buzz in the stadium come around you. You feel that like that your hairs go back in the back of your neck go up. There's something that you can't ever feel that he, when he gets the ball that other players do. I've seen players score hat tricks of amazing games, but no matter what game he's in, he is the best player on the pitch by far, even if he's not in the best team. So I used to feel about watching Lee Cook at QPR, JJ. <laughs> yeah. Number he, he 10. He was only fifth, right, in the Ballon d'Or. Oh, yeah. come on. Disregarding the Ballon d'Or. That's all to do Real Madrid. Final all three. people voting for people like Salah, I'm joking. <laughs> final three awards. I do like him, by the way. <laughs> the final three awards. Number 10 is a hot tip for 2019. It's not really an award, but JJ Ball, give us yours, please. Uh, you get to see Frankie de Jong and Matisse Delict somewhere like Barcelona at some point. Uh, they are, I can't stress how good they are already for their age. De Jong's 21 and Delict is also young. <laughs> also young, he's 19. But um, sometimes you see a player. And I've watched them play for Ajax actually last last year, last November, and they stood out. And I'd, I'd heard of them before from playing the game Football Manager, but then when I checked them out, they, that is they stood out so far above everyone else in the pitch, and uh, they're going to be the best ever. Matt, hot tip, twenty nineteen. I've got two. Okay, good. Mina can have one. Uh, one of them is someone who has emerged this year but I think we're just going to start to see so much more of him in 2019 is uh, Morgan Gibbs-White at Wolves he just looks I've got a Probably three months ago, I wouldn't have really known who he was, I don't think. If I was a Wolves fan, I'd definitely get his name on the back of my shirt. Would you? Yeah. I'd oh, break, Gibbs. I'd break my oh, Gibbs rule. Yeah, Gibbs. I would, for sure. Perfect. Um, but, I mean, he just looks so exciting. I mean, he's, he's been representing England for a long time, probably should have known about him, really, but for whatever reason, hasn't. But when you start talking about, you know, other young English midfielders who we, we call young, like Loftus-Cheek and people, this kid looks far more exciting. Um 
Wolves are probably going to struggle to hold on to him, but I really hope he stays there so that he actually is playing because he's playing regular football now. It'd be so great if he could kind of play a lot the second half of the season and maybe get into to England's squad come the senior squad that is come the end of the season so I find him I'm really going to be keeping a close eye on him I mean hot tip in terms of a bit of a prediction I do think that 2019 will be the year that Pochettino goes to Real Madrid Mm. Nina okay I do think the Eredivisie will get back to uh Great ways, and I do think the Dutch national team will continue to impress as will the Italian side. I think Napoli will win the Europa League. I think the Champions League is still to be decided, to be honest. I think Real Madrid will win the league, and I know that sounds weird because they're five points off the top, but there's something that makes me think that I don't know, they'll just do something special just to an- annoy everyone else around them. Um, I think Monaco could be relegated. I'm just being really outlandish now, uh, just just to just to make it all very interesting. And uh, Dortmund will win the league, and Liverpool will knock Bayern out. Very good, Mina. Penultimate award. Your favourite moment as a football fan this year. I'm going to go straight back to you, Mina. Is it too bad if I say that it's Germany losing in the World Cup? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> Matt Law? It was uh, just just Lozana's goal in Mexico. I was like, yeah, take it. <laughs> England winning on penalties against oh, Colombia. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. I First nearly, time we've ever won on penalties I in the World Cup. I nearly wept. I was so wound up. First time much. ever I've celebrated in a press box. All the etiquette went out the window. Everybody <laughs> was up, hugging each other, high-fiving, forgetting about their match reports, forgetting about the fact you're not meant to do that in a press box. It was just, it, it added to it as well because that particular stadium that we were in we were really close to the pitch so you had all the celebrations going on really close to you you felt part of the atmosphere rather than sometimes just sat very high up it was just stupidly good wait are you not allowed to celebrate in the press box I no. never celebrate in the no. press box not worst cool. thing you can do not cool, not cool. oh god I do it all the time <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that um, England Columbia thing was amazing as well I remember I watched it as a Scottish person you're not supposed to like England but um, I don't care the, uh, that, when that penalty shoot was in I thought that was, that was awesome uh, but my favourite moment as a football fan for me there's this little thing so when you support a smaller team often beating one of your rivals becomes as big to you as a, someone who sports Man U Liverpool winning a big trophy so beating Rangers as an Aberdeen fan beating Rangers to get to the League Cup semi-final this season was excellent uh, really good coming off the back of a one-all draw with Rangers at the start of the season because when Steven Gerrard came in he was supposed to be this person who's going to change and take them to the next level and Aberdeen have held him back consistently since and it's um, been very enjoyable as an Aberdeen fan Good, I'm glad JJ We're going to finish with award number 12 which is quite nebulous Other thing which happened this year you'd really like to talk about JJ Bull The Scottish Premiership is oh, amazing It is Stop trying to make Scotland happen I'm not <laughs> I swear like some years it's terrible right and I understand why it gets the rap it has This season is you, you can't predict anything of it like Celtic lost to Hibs in the weekend they didn't, no one saw that coming Rangers were top but they'd not been top for very long Kilmarnock have been top and they could legitimately and I'm not being mental they could legit push it it's Nina. fun <laughs> <laughs> every week you try to get Scotland it's on the agenda fun, and it gets cut off every week so I mean people laugh at me when I talk about Serie A I mean Jesus <laughs> what have you um, got Nina? Well, I just... Oh, I forgot now. You just... just something else, something else for, for 2019. Something uh, you want to talk about. <laughs> talk about Brexit. Don't talk about Brexit. I just want to talk about the fact that Neymar just never reached the heights that we continue ask, to ask him to reach. 
And I think he's just not a bit of a disappointment, but his behavior, I think, is close to astonishing considering the relationship that he seems to have with Cavani. The way that when you trip him, he needs to roll over 435 times. You know, we know we know he's technically talented. We know he's one of the best when he's on the ball. He, I think on the ball, he's one of the, the very best, really, on in terms of technique. But it's just this... I just wish that people would understand when they're scouting for their team, not just to look at the best players and bring them in, but to understand who can really give you a job. You know, Milner's a 7 out of 10, but he's a guy that you always want on your team. Sometimes you can have a 10 of your out of 10, but I don't know. Maybe they're going through a divorce or maybe something happens. These guys aren't it. Go for the guys who know and, and, and work hard. Work you just suggested selling James Milner over Neymar for PSG. I know this sounds crazy. No, obviously you're going to no, go for I Neymar like because he's so like so fantastically talented. But sometimes that's not what you need to buy. PSG have bought how many great individuals. But in terms of balance, they don't have it, right? They, they can't seem to win many matches in Europe that are sure. astonishing to watch. I would take Neymar over Milner, though. I would too, yeah. Matt Law, finish us off in style, please. Well, I think that this year, more and more supporters of teams outside the kind of big six as it is now are beginning to realise that the Premier League is not the be-all and end-all. It's so easy to fall into the trap of being told that relegation is the worst thing that can ever happen to your club or that promotion out of the championship is the be-all and end-all and if you don't do it, everything's going to fall apart. And in actual fact, getting relegated can be a great thing for your club. There's no fun just getting thrashed every week, just getting battered every single week in the Premier League. Mm. It's actually much more fun to go down to the Championship and be competitive. Same as if you don't get up, it's not that bad. Speak to Villa fans now, speak to Fulham fans now after that playoff. I know Fulham fans have already had enough of their season in the Premier League. It's not, don't get me wrong, we all want to be there eventually. But just a message for 2019, if you're a fan of a club who might go down seriously, they'll still be there. You still get to support them every week. They still play every week. And being competitive is far better. Completely agree. Thank you very much. And very happy Christmas to all three of you. Thank you, loyal members of Telegraph Audio Football Club. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming on New Year's Eve to dissect the festive football period. Contact me on Twitter before then if you'd like. It's at Tom with an H Gibbs. Contact the podcast as a holistic entity by sending an email to afcpodcast at telegraph.co.uk. We'll read out the best of what you send us. Give yourself a Christmas present by subscribing to the podcast. Look for Telegraph Audio Football Club and you can do the clicking from there. Thanks to Joel Grove on the buttons and thanks to you for your company. I'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>